Hello, I'm Ken Record, and this is Mining Biblical Truth. This week, uh, we're diving into the uh, small minor prophet book of Habakkuk. And the theme here I've chosen is how long. How long, O oh Lord, Habakkuk asks. So let's uh, first, uh, as always, look at the uh, chiastic structure of the Habakkuk, book of Habakkuk. And what we can see here is that the uh, thematic center of the book is chapter 2, 1 through 5, which says, wait for in the end, the wicked will be punished, but the righteous shall live by faith. Uh the other parts have an interesting structure in that there's a, a first complaint and a second complaint. The first complaint is, how long must I wait for your justice? And then in part A prime, this says a final solution of the first complaint. I will wait for God's help as long as it takes, no matter what. He is my source of joy. And then we have... Uh, a, uh, a first answer in part B and a final answer in B prime. The first answer is coming, the coming of the powerful army of Babylon, but the final answer is coming of the even more powerful army of Yahweh who will vanquish Babylon and rescue Israel in the future. And then we have the second complaint and the second answer bracket the center. The second complaint is how can, how can you allow the wicked to destroy nations more righteous than themselves? And the answer is, woes upon the wicked, they will be punished, all wrongs will be righted. So, uh, Habakkuk's plaintive cry is, O Lord, how long? That's five verses of lament, a confusion over the continuance of evil without punishment. Unlike the long-winded lamenters, Jeremiah and Job, Habakkuk is a man of few but heartfelt words. Uh, then he stands watch for the Lord's response. As with Jeremiah and Job, he is not going to like what he has to hear, yet God does not rebuke lamenters, provided that they do not deny God's goodness, that he will act justly. Uh, Palmer Robertson, his commentary on Habakkuk, says prayers expressing perplexity are appropriate so long as they are offered in a context of trust. Howard Schweitzer said, joy, sorrow, tears, lamentation, laughter. To all these music gives voice, but in such a way that we are transported from the world of unrest to a world of peace and see reality in a new way, as if we were sitting by a mountain lake, and contemplating hills and woods and clouds in the tranquil and fathomless water. I like that quote because it brings out the, the poetry aspect. Uh, both uh, eulogies and laments in Hebrew are in poetic form. And we have large portions of poetry in the prophets. And all this was, this was meant to evoke emotions in the listener. So our attitude of trust transports us to a place of peace, which in Hebrew, of course, is shalom, 
which is not just peace. It's much more than that. It's more like perfection. Matt Chandler says, while we lament the apparent injustice of pain and suffering, how often do we forget that every good thing in a fallen world is wholly a gift of God's mercy and grace? So it's it's healing to uh, be thankful uh, for the, the good things that God uh, has created and maintains. As said in 1 John 1, 5, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all, no evil of any kind. And James 1, 17, every good gift and perfect gift from, is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. And we could say that that light never goes out. So what is God's response to our lament? Well, William Wordsworth said, have I, have I, think I would respond, have I not reason to lament what man has made of man? Or Jeremiah might have said, can the potter not lament what his pottery has been used for? The principle is man cannot save himself. In the ashes of the powerful wicked who think themselves to be righteous by their deeds, God lays a foundation for salvation by faith alone. This is the connection that German 16th century monk Martin Luther saw in Habakkuk 2 verse 4 that led to the Protestant Reformation. Like Habakkuk, Luther was not weak in faith. He was perplexed in his faith. This is expressed in the New Testament scene where the man asking Jesus for a miracle says, I believe, help my unbelief. By not rebuking Habakkuk, God signals that he laments with him. In 1-2, Habakkuk cries violence. Well, in Hebrew, that word is Hamas. Appropriate, the Arabic meaning is the same, and that's the uh, main enemy of Israel today. Job makes the same cry, Hamas, in Job 19, verse 7. As he does elsewhere, God responds with four commands. Look, see, be astonished, and wonder. God's attribute here is impartial. God tells the prophet that he will judge the evildoers in Judah by bringing greater evil upon them, but then God will judge the evil Babylonians. Throughout Scripture, God calls on people to be just judges, which requires wisdom, humility, and mercy. Critical race theory turns this concept on its head. It proposes that those who were judged partially, partially in the past should apply partial judgment for the descendants of the partial. But justice cannot be done if it is not done with impartiality. It is the same as saying that the cure for past sins is to commit more sin in the present. This can only result in perpetual partiality, which is not the path to, to righteousness that we studied in Micah 6 verse 8. It is returning evil for evil, which is contrary to 1 Peter 3 9. So to be justified is to be made righteous and uh, to be justified in the Hebrew is a, a word, wesadik, 
is to be made righteous, tzedakah. Both these words have the same root uh, consonants of SDQ. And we see uh, 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 here that um, uh, the proud, uh, not upright, is his soul. In himself he shall die is the four-part uh, message. Um, but the fourth part, that he shall die, is actually missing. It's followed by, but the righteous by his faith, he shall live. Um, and the uh, uh, the D part, that he shall live, implies that he shall die in the first part. Uh, for more on uh, uh, the structure of uh, laments, uh, see last week's video on lamentations. So the emphasis is the source of righteousness is outside ourselves. Therefore, we should uh, view our righteousness not with pride, but with humble gratitude. Uh, Psalm th uh, 13, uh, Jim Hamilton, his book on Psalms, calls the How Long Song. <laughs> um, in this so uh, song, David cries out in his affliction. And he has four how longs, uh, three requests and three reasons. The requests are take, take note of me, answer me, and enlighten me. And the reasons are lest I die, lest my enemies boast of their victory, lest they rejoice in my demise. Three things that David does is he trusts in the Lord's loving kindness, as is said. He rejoices in salvation from the Lord. He sings to the Lord because the Lord has promised a bounty to him. David praises uh, the Lord for David's bounty before he is rescued from his enemies. David is able to say this because he is eternally oriented. Can we do that? Can we be so eternally oriented? that we thank God for rescue long before our actual rescue. See, Psalm 13 uh, can be seen as a mini version of Habakkuk. Uh, Paul had that eternal orientation. Uh, now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. 2 Timothy 4a. Psalm 13 falls in between Psalm 12, addressing the words of the wicked, and Psalm 14, addressing the folly of the wicked uh, in their uh, rebellion. Psalm 12 ends with round about the wicked walk according to the lifting up of worthlessness among the sons of Adam. This connects to the opening of Psalm 13, How Long, O Lord? And Psalm 13 ends with, I will sing to the Lord because he dealt bountifully with me. And Psalm 14 begins with the opposite thought. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. So after we express thanks for our salvation from the wicked fools, we should expect our sorrow for their folly. Uh, so now I'm just going to read uh, Psalm 13, which says, How long, O Yahweh, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long will I put counsels in my soul? 
agony in my heart daily? How long will the one at enmity with me be lifted up over me? Take note, answer me, O Yahweh my God, enlighten my eyes lest I sleep the death, lest the one at enmity with me say I have prevailed over him. My adversaries will rejoice if I totter. But as for me, in your loving kindness I trust. Let my heart rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to Yahweh because he dealt bountifully with me. And I'm reading from uh, Jim Hamilton's uh, uh, translation. The strength of the enemy is a strange perspective. The stronger the enemy, the more sure it's destruction. Why? Because God is stronger than any human enemy. And their pride will lead to their downfall when God judges them. There are examples of overcoming enemies for Israel while in exile. Some of them are Haman, hangs on his own gallows in Esther 7.10. Daniel's adversaries perish in the heat from the furnace in 3.22. And again, in the lion's den in 6.24. And Daniel lives to interpret God's handwriting on the wall in Daniel 5. Where he said, many, or the handwriting said, many, many, tekel uprazin, which means numbered, numbered, weighed and found wanting, and then divided. Early in our study, terrifying enemies gathered against Judah and Jehoshaphat is in Second Chronicles 20. The Lord told them to go out of the protection of the city so that they could watch God caused the enemies to destroy each other. Gideon and his 300 men watched as the Lord set every man's sword against his comrade in Judges 7.22. Judgment and victory belong to the Lord. Ever since his resurrection, victory has belonged to Jesus. So we're called to watch and wait for Jesus. Prophecies of self-destruction and Isaiah 9.20, each devours the flesh of his own arm. In Zechariah 14.13, it will happen in that day that a great panic from Yahweh will be among them, and they will lay hold uh, everyone on the hand of his neighbor, and his hand will rise up against the hand of his neighbor. Do we already see this starting? Well, who's willing the most power over you? your family, your school, your business today? And what institutions are we seeing fall? FTX, Sam Bankman-Fried gets fried. <laughs> and the Silicon Valley Bank, the, uh, the powerful promote ESG investing and their personal bank fails because of it. That's justice. Uh, because it, it, it's been said the higher you climb, the further you have to fall. And that's true of God's enemies. Chuck Palahniuk uh, said, the lower you fall, the higher you fly. The farther you run, the more God wants you back. So Habakkuk 3, 1 through 19 is the psalm uh, of submission, according to Palmer Robertson. It's a poetic elaboration of the key verse 2, 4. It's a collage of past deliverances. Verse 13b, crushed the head of the wicked. 
It's an allusion to the bruising of the head of the offspring of the serpent in Genesis 3.15. It's salvation of your anointed in 13b is the only place in the Old Testament where those that God saves are called his anointed. Pointing to our co-inheritance with Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah. And 3.18 says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will, re I will joy in the God of my salvation. In Habakkuk, God is glorified in salvation through judgment. It's outlined as a theme of the Bible by uh, James Hamilton. So my personal takeaways are to learn to trust the Lord waiting for him to use the wicked for his purposes. And while waiting, live by faith, with joy, with humility, without seeking revenge, without sorrow, uh, and with sorrow, excuse me, uh, for the lost. The repeated pleas of how long, O Lord, in the Bible, culminate in Revelation 6.10, which says, and they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, uh, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? How long, O Lord? Followed by Revelation 6.11. Then a white robe was given to each of them, and it, and it was said to them that they should rest a little while longer until both the number of their fellow servants and their brethren who would be killed as they were, was completed. That's sobering. God says the same thing then as he says to Habakkuk, rest, wait, have shalom, a little while longer, rest, emphasizes shalom, waiting in a state of peace. Receiving the white robe of righteousness emphasizes the need for an attitude of gratitude even though our fellow servants will have to die. How long? The people of the Lord cry, how long will you delay your judgment? But the Lord cries out to us, how long will you persist in your sins against me? So Psalm 13 is a mini version of Habakkuk. And so in prayer, uh, I'd like to... Uh, uh, close with my own uh, version of Psalm 13. Dear Lord, how long, O Yahweh, will you be silent? How long will you look the other way? How long will you allow my agony? How long will my enemies rejoice over my helplessness? Make note, answer me, open my eyes before my death before the victory of my enemies, before their final rejoicing. However, I trust in your loving kindness. I rejoice in the future promise of salvation. I sing to you in thanks for what you have promised to do. Maranatha, come Lord Jesus, amen. As always, uh, thanks for, for for watching and subscribing. Uh, please share this with a friend, and you can uh, comment. Please comment on YouTube, or you can 
uh, comment privately or ask questions at info at barbawinding.org. Have a blessed week.